Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast, where we are diving into the complex impact and influence of social media on brands, brains, and the bigger picture of our modern world. Here's your host, Hillary Applegate. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Social Complex Podcast. I am your host, Hillary Applegate, and I am so thrilled that you have joined us for episode one of the Social Complex Podcast. I am new to this. I have been a guest on a handful of podcasts throughout my career, but I have yet to be on the mic by myself. And this is new territory for me. So bear with me as I get my bearings. But a little bit about me, I am the founder and CEO of a social media agency based out of Austin, Texas called Social HQ. I launched Social HQ back in 2020, pre-pandemic, and I quickly learned how to pivot and navigate a very quickly changing world. But in that time of growth and change, I had a lot of time to reflect on what it was that I was doing in my career how I had gotten to that point, and really where I wanted to take Social HQ and how I work with brands in general. So enter this podcast. This is a little bit of a passion project for me. When I told people that I was going to be starting this podcast and told them what it was called, a lot of people assumed immediately that it was going to be based off of my professional experience because social complex, social HQ, obviously that makes sense and those two go hand in hand. But really what it is is more of a extension of that first moment that I realized that I was going to get into social media as a career purely out of passion. And that's more why I'm starting this podcast is that I'm coming back home to what initially drew me to this field in general, more so than specifically for business. Now, don't get it twisted. All of those things relate to one another. And let me explain why. The journey of my career really actually started when I was a kid. I grew up in Silicon Valley and I was surrounded by entrepreneurs and big tech companies that were getting their first start in a very highly competitive industry. And technology and the internet was really emerging when I was a kid. So I was in classrooms that had those big hunky MacBook color, whatever they were called. I don't even think they were MacBooks, but they were Apple products. And I used to go to a breakfast spot that was like, a mile away from the Apple headquarters. Shout out to Holder's Country Inn. That was a delicious spot. And I had career days with people whose parents were working at some of the largest tech companies in the world. So I had exposure to tech, to entrepreneurship, to innovation at a really young age. And the way of communication was always really interesting to me as far as careers go. I also was really interested in how people related to the world and to one another. I grew up in a household where my mom was a therapist, and I've always been a big proponent of therapy and of understanding your emotional connection and your emotional attachment. Um, I'm not an expert by any means, but 
I thought I wanted to be. So when I got to college, I decided that I wanted to be a psychology major because at that point, that was kind of the only thing that really interested me. I didn't fully understand uh, a lot of other fields. I didn't understand what business was too much. I, you know, didn't understand what engineering was. And looking back, that was probably a good choice for me not to go into engineering. But I got to college and had to select something. So I chose psychology. And when I was there, I was went to the University of Arizona and we had to complete lab hours. So we had to go in and be part of a study that grad students were doing to get their PhD. So I had to sign up for lab hours every semester. And I was nearing the end of the semester and looking at what I could sign up for to complete my hours. And there was a study that was going on about anxiety. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. You know, I, as a kid, had some anxiety that I had worked through and I thought it was a really interesting subject. So I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. So I show up to be a guinea pig for (laughs) this study and I get in there and I sign my documents and all of a sudden they put me in this room and they say, okay, we're going to hook you up to these machines. So they're putting some on my head, they're putting some on my chest, they're monitoring, you know, whatever they're monitoring. I really wasn't too sure. And they take me in and they say, okay, are you ready? I say, yeah, absolutely. So they bring me out and I end up actually being on a stage and the curtains open and there is a audience of grad students. And I wasn't expecting to be in front of an audience this day. I thought I was just going to go do a study. I didn't realize that it was going to be a study inducing anxiety. So there I am, 18 years old. Uh, Hair is greasy because I obviously was in college and not really worried about what I was going to look like at the study. But sure enough, there are about uh, 200 people in the audience. And I am hooked up to these weird little machines. And they say, someone in the audience that was the proctor says, okay, now you can speak for two minutes and you cannot stop. And I completely froze. I had no idea what to say. My palms were sweating. My heart was racing. My stomach was going to drop. And like, that's part of the sub, you know, that's what they were really looking for. So it makes sense. But I wasn't really ready for that. So It was like a slim shady moment. Palms sweaty, knees weak. Uh, but anyways, that really uh, nerved me to my core. So if you were a part of that study, please know you had a high impact on me that day. I completely blacked out, had no idea what I was saying. I even paused. I remember that I paused and she immediately jumped on me and was like, you need to keep speaking. You have a minute and 30 left. And I was like, what do you mean I have a minute and 30 left? <laughs> like, I've been talking for two hours. Um completely blacked out. No idea what happened. So when I'm done and I finally bust out of there, that was probably one of the biggest anxiety provoking experiences of my life. And I walked out and I was like, those people are crazy. If they can just sit there and watch this, you know, essentially kid, fresh adult struggle so hard. And so there was straight faces. And I was like, I don't think this is the profession for me because I think that I would be sitting there in the audience, you know, me, an empath being like, I think she's having a hard time. And I would be like, no, I'm having a hard time. So it's like, yeah, this is not for me. So I immediately marched over to the registration office and I changed my major to marketing. 
And that was probably the best move that I probably could have made. So everything happens for a reason. I forgive them. <laughs> so I kept my, ma- my minor in psychology and got my major in marketing and didn't look back. So that was a good pivot for me because it still allowed for me to have that human connection and human emotion side of you know, what I really wanted to learn and understand, especially when it comes to disorders and communication and connectivity, but also bringing in more of a business lens, which ended up being something that I was incredibly passionate about. And that's where I landed with my education. So when I graduated, I had some options. Being in business school, they hound you with sales jobs. So in that time when I was looking for what job I was going to do and where I was going to live, everything was up in the air. I didn't grow up in Arizona. I was in Tucson. I wasn't going to stay in Tucson. So I was looking at a bunch of different markets and trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And I saw an opportunity in Phoenix that really, you know, grabbed my attention. I didn't want to leave Arizona, but I wanted to be in a bigger market. And I didn't know necessarily if I wanted to jump into something huge like New York or San Francisco. So Phoenix was a good spot for me to land. But when I was trying to figure out if I wanted to take the route of sales job or trying to, you know, being a recruiter, whatever the everybody bombards you with when you're graduating college. I ended up actually getting a position with the University of Arizona. So I worked at the University of Arizona on their admissions team doing social media. So it was something that I was pretty good at at the time. I got to marry my interest in how kids perceived U of A and bring that into content development and marketing strategy. And it was a really interesting time for me. Um, That was when Snapchat was emerging as a sexting platform, but it actually was really popular among the classes that were coming in to admissions and applying from high school. So I was like, I think it's time for us to get on Snapchat. And in a meeting with other stakeholders, they're like, absolutely not. And then a year later, they were on Snapchat. So I'm not saying I take credit for that, but I planted that seed. So (laughs) it was a fun time, though. And it was really experimental. I got to try a lot of new things. I had an incredible boss and an incredible team that I could bounce ideas off of and, you know, work well with. And they were really trusting in me to try new things. So that was really fun. But then, you know, graduation was looming. I was looking at where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And I came across this Forbes article. Now, I don't know if you remember, but back in 2013, there were all of these articles that were very clickbaity. It was like the start of clickbait, where it was like 10 things that you need to know before you turn 20 or something, you know, all those things. So there was one that really spoke to me, and it said 21 things that 21 year olds need to know entering the workforce or something. I was like, okay. So I click on the article and I'm reading through it. And it was like point number five. And it says, don't try to make a career in social media. It's not going to exist six years from now. And you're essentially going to look like an idiot. And I was like, does this guy realize how many people use it every single day for multiple hours a day to communicate, to connect, to share It was just really ramping up at that point, but it was pretty significant. It was over 50% of the population, not to mention the connectivity with the world. 
And so when I read that, I thought back to my days in Silicon Valley, where there were a lot of things that seemed impossible or improbable, but the writing was on the walls that, yes, the internet was going to win and that people were going to continue to invest in this type of technology, especially when it comes to connection. So when I read that, it was like nail in the coffin for what I was going to do. I was like, I am 1000% going to double down in social media. If this guy is in Forbes saying it's not going to be a career, I'm going to go ahead and do exactly the opposite. I'm not saying that's a you know personal characteristic, but I'm also not saying it's not. Uh, <laughs> love going against the grain. So I decided that day to move forward with social media as my target. And uh, that meant that I left college without a full-time job. (laughs) So I chose Phoenix as the market that I wanted to be in. I got to live with my best friend. I got to be around a lot of my graduate friends. It was a super fun time, but I spent all summer job searching because advertising in Phoenix is not necessarily uh, in high demand at that time. It's gotten a lot bigger now that California markets have really looked outside of California for advertising talent. And there's incredible talent in Arizona. If you haven't looked there, please do. Some super wicked smart people there. I eventually did land a position as a social media manager for a a Phoenix advertising agency. And from there, did not look back. And that is where I, you know, between there and Texas, I've spent my career working with brands of all sizes. So I started with a few, (laughs) I think I was working on like uh, car dealerships and a Spanish speaking gynecologist. Like I had a weird Rolodex when I was first getting into social media. Back then it was just very bizarre um, (laughs) who you were working with. But that opportunity led to some really incredible clients. I got to work on Armor All. I got to work on STP. I got to pitch Virgin Hotel and Casinos, won that in the Las Vegas launch. I mean, there's some incredible clients that I've been able to work with. Pita Pit, Arizona Lottery, Gila River Hotels and Casinos. And then that led to even more opportunities with Eat Smart, Packaged Salads, Cabo Fresh Guacamole, Yucatan Guacamole. I mean, it's been an incredible ride. I've gotten to work with some really, really neat brands and very diverse brands. And then that gets back to the professional side, which is I don't like to pigeonhole myself into one category. With social media, it really is marketing and understanding the core audience of who you're talking to, understanding the brand that you're trying to emit an emotion from that audience and connecting them together. And it's not as easy as to say, oh, well, you know, this audience likes freedom. Let's talk about freedom. You know, there's a lot more that goes into it. So that's been a fun brain teaser and challenge throughout my career. I've had so much fun doing it. I do love what I do. I love the people that I get to work with, especially now that video content creation is getting more popular in brands, being able to work with these incredibly impressive young professionals. Because generally, the people who are really great at social media for brands tend to be a little bit younger. No knock on my older crowd. We love you too. But I've seen some really wicked, talented, you know, short form video content creators who are just busting their butts, creating high level production quality. And I'm like, dang, guys, like, this is awesome to be able to be a part of that and to be able to connect these 
really talented creators with brands that are looking for, you know, that really specialized support online. So all that to say, that is my long, long introduction into why I am here today. I'm interested in human behavior, always have been. That Forbes article really grinded my gears and I love a challenge. So I have decided to die on this hill. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about why I'm here. And my hopes for the social complex is that I'm a forever student. I think that you can be the greatest social media expert one day and be behind the curve the next. I think that there's this idea in social media and they have, you know, social media gurus and all those nicknames, ninjas. (laughs) But the reality is, is that you really want to work with someone who's going to understand the nuances of the space and that things do change quickly and you do need to be able to evolve. You can't live in the black and white. You got to be able to hang out in the gray. And because that is where I have my specialty, I want to learn more about the impact of social media on our world and on our future generations, our consumers. And ultimately that means our brands because your consumers at the end of the day are the people that are going to make or break your brand. So I want to go back to that feeling that I had when I first was getting interested in social psychology and when I was first getting interested in marketing and using social media as a tool. It's all about how people operate in the world. Everyone uses social differently. I'm here to give a voice to each user's unique experiences. So in this podcast, I hope to bring on different folks with different backgrounds who can share how social media has impacted their lives, their communities, their experiences, their futures, their careers. I mean, I want to be inviting everyone from influencers to people who accidentally became memes to Reddit moderators and clinicians who study the impact that social media has on kids. I'm really opening it up to everybody here because it does impact everybody. And I'm really curious to learn more about those unique experiences that users have on social and in their personal lives and how it affects it. Because really, I think that we don't have an answer to how social media impacts the world. I think that we have guesses. I think we have gut. And everyone is probably going to have a different experience at this moment in time. It's going to be studied for generations to come. Why not really start learning along the way about what that means for society and for our future generations, for the kids. I mean, (laughs) for the kids, but really like, you know, kids are being impacted by this. So all that to say, we're going to dive into all these little nitty gritty topics here. We're going to explore it all. And I'm really excited about it because I really want to create that space that examines the nuances of social media in greater depth. I want to find inspiration in various communities on various topics that are going to help myself understand the state of social and you as a listener, if you are curious to learn more about the nuances of the space and whether that means you are just interested purely because you've thought about it and you use social media or because you are a brand manager and you're curious how your brand's going to fit into that equation today, tomorrow, and years to come. 
So we'll be exploring it together. And I'm so glad that you're here. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me fumble through my first podcast episode. I promise I will get better. Okay, I can't promise I'll get better, but I can promise that I'll try. Be sure to check out Social HQ's website, www.yoursocialhq.com and follow us on all social channels at Your Social HQ. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review, especially as a new podcast that's incredibly helpful for us and especially for me as a host to know how I did. So thanks for listening and we'll talk soon. This episode of The Social Complex was produced by You Lucky Dog Podcasts. Do you love recording your podcast, but the idea of mixing and editing makes you want to pull your hair out? Well, you're in luck. Whether you're just getting started or looking for help with an already established show, You Lucky Dog Podcasts can help take your content to the next level. Put your show in the hands of experienced professionals so you can focus on creating and having fun. Visit youluckydogpodcast.com and book your podcast consultation today. That's youluckydogpodcast.com.